probably noticed that in the last decade or so, agriculture has become popular again. Ag-related courses are oversubscribed, business and job opportunities are plentiful, and farming is once again seen as a sunrise, a future-focused industry. It's just great to see so many young faces, new thinking, and new enthusiasm in industries such as wool. For many young people, owning their own farm, running your own flock, your own wool clip, being your own boss, is of course the ultimate dream. But with such high property and stock prices, this dream is harder than ever to make a reality. Even for many of those involved with family farms, farm succession and ownership transfer has been and continues to be one of the hardest nuts to crack in agriculture. It can be, frankly, heartbreaking. However, a different way also exists, matching retiring farmers with aspiring farmers. And today, we'll learn how it works. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. Cultivate Farms is essentially a matchmaking service for farmers and potential farms. Sam Marwood, the co-founder and the CEO, says the idea stemmed simply from personal experience. I think with, like with most businesses, people would uh, start a business trying to solve the problem for themselves and that's what I did and uh, co-founders Tim and Teague and we uh, both from families who you know, had farms, and um, but we were never given the opportunity to, to inherit the farms, and so our dreams of ownership were crushed at young ages, and we went off and did other things, and uh, it wasn't until we realised, well, we still really want to own our farm, but it's how do you do that? How do you own a multi-million dollar property uh, and do it from scratch? And we love the idea of a, a business that helps do that. We didn't know what that meant, but we've spent the last five years figuring out it is possible and people have done it for many years. We want to highlight those case studies and inspire more people that ownership is possible. Uh, it's just uh, many different ways to get there and it takes time. Well, it is a dream that a lot of people have and uh, it is a, a very difficult dream in, in many ways. Um, Succession is is one of the hardest parts of agriculture in many ways. But how did you approach it, Sam? Well, we did a lot of googling. Uh, we we know, you know inheriting is a great way for farms to to hand down, and it's, it's a brilliant way, and, and it will be the standard for for many generations to come. But we've, we've been thinking, well, how how is it if you don't inherit, you can own your farm? We did a lot of googling. We we saw this concept around vendor finance, lease to buy, etc. and we heard about investors, and I think investors are a bit of a scary word as well. Um, but we realised there are people out there who want to own a farm but don't know how to run it. Um, and so we've seen there's always legal arrangements, there's always possibilities, uh, there's people who want to work together. The, the gap is connecting people, and that's what we've realised. We never, we never set out to create a matchmaking service like, like a Tinder or um, eHarmony, but we realise that's what we really are doing. It's connecting people who are good farmers who need capital or who need land with retiring farmers who, who don't have family to hand the farm on to or who don't want to hand their farm on to their own kids and investors. And, and so it's just connecting those sort of three groups I realised is is the solution um, and, the, and the pathway of that tra- sharing ownership or transitioning ownership is many and varied. Every farm is different uh, and every situation from those parties is different. But if you get good people in a room who are, have aligned values and have that dream of, of sharing ownership. You can work through anything. And there are lawyers and accountants out there who can work through those details with you. And we've realised if we get those people together, we can create and we have been creating some great farm ownership 
arrangements, uh, sharing sharing ownership, I think is so powerful. But you've got um, very interesting needs there. So you're matching young aspiring farmers with older retiring farmers and also investors. And those three groups all have their own needs. And that sounds pretty tricky. You must be a hell of a communicator. <laughs> it does get tricky, but also we leave it to people. You know, people know what they want. We, we just encourage them and, and put the discussion on the table. It's for, for some reason, sharing ownership is is a hard discussion to have and we are really blatant that this is about sharing ownership, building wealth uh, and we give lots of options and saying there are you know, half a dozen different ways this could unfold. We don't care just as long as you are all comfortable about it and you have many conversations and I think that's just life, isn't it? Having conversations with good people, you can work through anything and um, you know some situations don't work and you need time to realise that you're not a good match and you need to move on and find someone else. And that's, you know, it's like getting married, isn't it? And trying to find your right partner. And sometimes it takes time, but we just, what we do is just encourage discussion and give lots of ideas. And it's amazing what, what, what positive solutions come out of this. Um, and, and that's what we're going to do is get more case studies and get more examples so that other farmers can see this as an option. It might not be an option for them, but that's, that's fine. But we just want to say there, there are other options for, for retiring farmers out there, for example, um, who want to retain them and build their legacy, but they might be running out of puff to, to keep the farm going. Uh, and that for an aspiring farmer, that you might not have half a million dollars in the bank to try and leverage some debt, but you could leverage with a retiring farmer or, or an investor. And there are people with money out there who love the idea of owning a farm but don't know how to do it but have the funds. So it's just getting them together and, and working, it, working it out and having those uh, exciting conversations. Well, I, look, I can't remember who who is attributed to this quote but that you know that famous quote of there's nothing quite as powerful as an idea that's time has come and this is uh, an idea that has come at a very interesting time given um the optimism around agriculture and as we mentioned lower interest rates but also a generation of older farmers that um are looking to uh, uh to ease back or retire or what have you so you talk about the, the the key to this being sharing ownership. And now how do you, once you have all the interested parties in a room, how do you uh, how do you start that conversation around the sharing ownership opportunities? One of the first things is we, we particularly from a retiring farmer's point of view, we, we've got seven questions you can see on our website that we just ask farmers and we don't we don't need to see the answers to that, but we just give them those questions around, you know, what do you want to see for your farm and your legacy, how much do you want to be involved? Do you want to own the land for the rest of your life? Um, yeah, do you want to stay on the land for the rest of your life? Just these sort of questions that are the first things we ask retiring farmers just so they think about what, what they really want for their farm. Um, and from the aspiring farmers' point of view, we say to them, do you, you, know, do you want to own your farm 100%? Are you okay sharing ownership for, for the rest of your life? And what's your, what are your farming values? And why would someone want to work with you and partner with you? And, we just had those questions to start off with so that people know that's for the, the topic discussions and and, uh, and things just go from there. People will just have a have a have a, a yarn and, and figure out what they do want out of life. This 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 sort of question around land ownership does make you think about the purpose of life in a, in a lot of ways and, and what you want from life. Um, you know, farm is such a, an amazing and a beautiful thing for people to have and to to think about. Well, what is my legacy? What do I want out of my life? And they're the sort of high-level inspirational discussions we encourage farmers to have. And from there, you can start figuring out that nitty-gritty of, well, yeah, I do want to stay on the farm and I'm happy to, to 
to sell you 50% of the land over the next 10 to 15 years and I want you to buy me out. And, um, you know, I like the idea of not getting a big cash injection from selling the farm. And it saves them my, my tax uh, if I get paid annually. Um, you, you slowly buy me out over time. You know, having a chat with your accountants and lawyers is absolutely paramount in all of this as well. Um, but I think it's just going through every single sort of scenario. Um, and if you've got, again, if you've got someone you get along with, share the values and you really enjoy, you wake up every day thinking, oh, I love working with this person. Um, yeah, so many solutions can be can be found. Yeah, well, congratulations for, for looking to crack that nut early. And um, obviously it, it does rely heavily on goodwill and shared values. Um, obviously, farming involves an asset as as well as a farm business. So, how do you how do you tease out the um, the asset and the value of the asset and the capital improvement of that asset, as opposed to the day to day running of the farm itself and uh, and the business of the farm? That's a really good question. And like, we're not accountants or financial advisors, but we're hearing more and more people are splitting up the land from the business operation. And I think that's a sounds like a solid model and one that we sort of encourage people to think about. Uh, we have maybe two companies, one that owns the land, one that owns the business, and figure out, again, based on those bigger questions around what you want. You know, maybe the aspiring farmer is happy not to own the land, uh, is happy to pay a lease that builds into the business, i.e. owns the, the sheep or, or the, um, the cropping operation or whatever the business side of things is, um, and that's the way they build their wealth. And then maybe over time they, they start to buy into the land um, and maybe there's a basic lease that's paid from the, from the operating company to the, the land open owning company um so splitting out that way i think is a really good way just to keep it clean at least you know what the assets are on the land and and you know you're getting a, a return on that land and then the business which is probably a bit more tricky to to quantify and uh, can be dealt with with separately but again these are just again conversations with accountants and lawyers that we encourage farmers to have and the, the bottom line i think for here is we we want to encourage financially and you know, environmentally sustainable operations as well so there, there are going to be situations where the land price is just too high to make a return um, and we don't encourage people to move ahead if there isn't going to be a return. So a lot of this is just being making sure you're going in with eyes wide open that the numbers do stack up and that this is going to be a positive win-win for both parties, that there's enough money in this for this aspiring farmer to buy the retiring farmer out, uh, et cetera. So it does require a lot of planning and, and good financial model. Um, and and a lot of trust, I guess, to to work through it. How do you approach that when you've got you know young farmers, older retiring farmers, and potentially investors as well? I mean, um, how do you sort of assure? How do you look into the fact that there may not be enough fat in the system to uh, keep all of those parties happy? Yeah, and I think that's where we we encourage people walking away. Uh, I, I think if if the numbers aren't going to stack up. Um, people aren't happy and they're going to make the goals they want, uh, I think, move on. And maybe some situations just require selling um, and uh, or or it just highlights the need that maybe the land is valued at a at a price that um, you can't make a return on. And, and when you go back to those bigger questions for the retiring farmer in particular, you know, what do you want for this land? What do you want for your community? It is, we are starting to have those discussions around, well, is land price too high and, and what I would like from a retiring farmer point of view, maybe they like the idea of bringing a young couple back into the community and staying involved and maybe that's worth more than a few thousand dollars extra on per acre or whatever it might be. Um, so it's not so much um, you know, that this has to be the, the price or this is exactly how it's going to unfold, but you know, by highlighting that maybe a deal won't work financially for everyone, that 
some creative thinking does happen and maybe the land price is reduced and maybe there's a, a way to get a return for, for that retiring farmer a different way um, with, again, some creating accounting or, or some, some clever people coming in and supporting them. But I think at the start, it's definitely going to be, can this make money? Can they be, they be um, bought out over time? Uh, if not, how creative can we get? And, um, and in some cases, it might show that, that farming in some, some areas, the farming the way uh, that's been happening in the past just, just might not work under this sort of arrangement, which is fine. I think um, we also encourage, even if the deal is underway, that you've got your exit plans mapped out from the start as well so people know what the requirements are to keep this operation going, what expectations are, so that the conversations aren't awkward and, and you don't wake up resentful. Um, so we will encourage to have all those plans mapped out from the very start and, and want to make sure that this transition can actually occur and everyone's going to in, into that situation with their eyes wide open. So you've been around for a while now, Sam, and you've got a few case studies under your belt. What are the, what are the learnings that you've, uh, you've achieved in, in time in business or, already? Um, are you happy with the progress you've made? It's, uh, it's, yes, uh, it's been really exciting. We've got so much positive feedback from farmers all over Australia that, you know, wanting us to succeed so that we can make more matches. You know, the ownership is the number one driver we're finding for the next generation for most farmers. Is and for some reason, it's worldwide we're finding as well. People want to own their farms, and if we can help solve that, uh, we'll be very proud and very excited. But I've realised, and the team have realised, the ball is in the farmers' courts. Here, I think when you say words like investor, people think, uh, well, it's someone who's going to ask you for way too much money and screw you over. And what we're saying is, no, there are so many people out there who would love to own a farm and want just to make it a general sort of average sort of return, aren't here to make uh, millions and millions of dollars, but just love the idea of owning a farm. And and same thing with retiring farmers. There are farmers out there who do want to meet an aspiring farmer who could take the farm on and and help realise that long-term vision. They're just waiting for that, that farmer, for that aspiring farmer or maybe an established farmer to pull a proposal together. So I think that's our number one lesson is the ball is in farmers' courts. We want them to write proposals and pull together plans on how they would go and buy a farm and what they would do with it, how much money they need, what their return will be. And, and we can help them find investors or retiring farmers or, or, or in most cases, they can find them in, in their own community. There are people with money and with farms in their own community. The issue is that aspiring farmers or, or farmers looking to scale just don't have a plan written down and haven't figured out what they want. Uh, I, I think about starting Cultivate Farms. I, I, we just made this company up. Uh, we just wrote some words down and talked talk to people and annoyed as many people as we could to get this off the ground. And that's the attitude we want to encourage for farmers is what's your plan? Have you shown why you're a good farmer? Can you farm well? Can you make money? Uh, what is your financial model? Pick a farm. Pick a, a farm in your district. doesn't even matter if it's not for sale, if it's for sale. And put a, a polygon around it. Start writing up about it. Put a financial model together and have that in your back pocket and start having coffee meetings with accountants and lawyers and real estate agents and people in your community and talking to us. And, and through a plan, things happen. Uh, and it won't happen. There won't be a straight pathway to someone backing you. But who knows where, where it could go? It could be someone says, "Oh, well, I've actually, you know, my auntie has a farm, and she's looking for someone to partner with." Or, "Hey, I, I know someone who's got some money to invest, and they're looking for it to invest into a farm." And unless, again, again, unless that farmer has a plan, who knows what you want, and who knows how they, they can help you. So that's our number one learning: is we want farmers all over Australia who want to own a farm or scale their farm to write it down and to show why 
they can make money and through that uh, doors will open and that is what we're finding. We run a, um, a pitching program now called Cultivator where we work over uh, 10 to 12 weeks with farmers all over Australia and, and say, all right, here's your, we've got a pitching template, pull together why you're a good farmer, why this farm will work and how you're going to make money. And we actually get the top 10 to pitch to a network of investors we've got now who are all people who want to do good and, and make money and, and support good farming. And I think that's so empowering is to say there are people out there who will back you, pull your plan together. And so there's only 10 people that will take through to the pitching, but everyone else as part of the program now has a plan in their back pocket and they'll be heading around their community and finding pathways every day, every day, every day. So they're driving around paddocks or rounding up their sheep, they'll be thinking about, oh, who can I take this to and how do I stitch this deal together and what can I do here? I know I'm good enough. I know I can make money. Uh, I've just got to keep finding that right that right person. And what we say is only, you only need one person to back you into this and you just got to keep finding that one person and kissing a lot of toads. And one day, uh, if you want it enough and enough things fall into place, you will have that pathway to ownership and, and living your dream. Sam Marwood, co-founder and CEO of Cultivate Farms. More information at cultivatefarms.com, including the Cultivator program where you write a plan and have the chance to pitch to investors. So hopefully this edition of The Yarn has given those who think farm ownership was out of reach a little genuine hope that there are other ways to get there. So as usual, any feedback or suggestions to theyarnatwool.com, please Follow us on Instagram through Wool Innovation, also Twitter and Facebook. And once again, from me, Marius Cumming, thanks for having a yarn with us.